Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. That sound could only mean that it's a Mudflaps episode. <laughs> uh, hey, guys, this is Dana. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in again uh, to the Super Best Friend Music Podcast Show. Uh, please, if you have a spare moment, just take a second to subscribe, rate, and review us on the Apple Podcast. It really does a lot for the show and allows us to keep it going. Uh, so thanks for tuning in and enjoy the episode. Big dog barks. That sounds medium to me. Well, it weren't. (laughs) Yeah. All you need is smiles. Lots and lots of smiley smiles. Your sweet pink mouth goes north, not south, and just. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Super Best Friend Music Show. I'm Alan Richardson. I'm here with Dana Slattery. Hey guys. And Joe Polana. Hey oh. Uh, <laughs> 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 we can cut that out. <laughs> no, we can't. We just no. can't. There's no room for it. <laughs> it's too too tight. Uh, <laughs> So anyways, if you're this is your first episode, here's the deal. We're super best friends. Uh, we've been best friends for a long time, at least <laughs> at least a good 13 days. Um, and it, it tops 15, 13, somewhere in there. And what we do is every week we choose an album to discuss. And today, Dana, what is the album we're going to discuss? Okay, so today we're doing a deep dive into the album that never was uh, the Beach Boys Smile or Brian Wilson Smile. Beach Boys technically, but yeah, really. not Brian Wilson Presents Smile. No, no, which I mean, but sort of. It's like anyway, we're, <laughs> we'll talk about all that. Um, oh yeah, and if yeah. this is your first episode. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of that. <laughs> so, uh, fucking buckle up. We, we tend to go off the rails, but that's okay. Um, so yeah, this, this album is like really important to me. And I'm so glad that, that you guys both liked it. Cause you, neither of you had ever heard it before. No. Right. I'd only known well, good vibrations. You know, I, I had heard smiley smiles and I didn't realize what a travesty that is. <laughs> <until> like, <laughs> listening to this now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, there's I, a lot of a lot of lore and a lot of like mysticism behind this album that never happened. Um, but songs obviously leaked out like on Smiley Smile and actually a lot of their albums like up until the 80s, these tracks that never got released into one cohesive album started kind of dripping out into the Beach Boys discography. <laughs> Sorry. And uh Hello. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> sorry. We were I just, just listening. <laughs> just, just going I off. Guess, I know we normally don't do that. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm really not used to people listening to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a strange moment. Like, wait a second. No one's, no one's gonna interrupt. I'll interrupt. Uh, I have an, I have a story about me, my time. Hello. Uh, <laughs> I knew. Uh, one thing about this album and then I knew Mrs. O'Leary's Cow or Fire or whatever. I knew that track and I knew that he made everybody put on fire helmets. 
Oh, I was going to say, like, how did you just know that track? But yeah, that I guess that's like a pretty well-known story. I hang out with weirdos and they're like, did you ever hear about when Brian Wilson made everybody put on fire helmets? <laughs> I like that in the movie that's happening and they don't explain it. Yeah. Nope. They well, just like. Didn't seem yeah, like that, that makes perfect sense. Right. That's yeah. Fair, that, if yeah. you don't know. I guess like if you don't know this story, but a lot of people know this story, that's probably why. Yeah. But I, I've never really liked the Beach Boys. I Whoa. worked at a record store when this album came out. I didn't know Smile was like an unreleased album. And I assumed everyone was making a big deal out of just like more Beach Boys unreleased backing tracks. So I, I'll, I'll come right out with it. I was, you know, I might have been a dick about it. I might have been like, <laughs> what's the big deal here? Which is so funny. This is the same thing when I was with Electric Warrior of like going back to like when I was a jerk about it. And then now being like, well, I really kind of fucked up and should have just paid attention then. No, uh, that's fair. I mean, it's such like a, you know, it's like an old like white dude's band like that's who's into the beach boys and it's like an old white dude with a handlebar mustache that comes in most mornings <laughs> i was trying to think about who that could be but oh yes oh my gosh we don't we want we want Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah. we Hulk used to Hogan. come into the store that we worked at every morning yeah, that's why we Hulk can't Hogan. name it brother <laughs> i'm picking up some good vibrations <laughs> Hulkamania is gonna vibrate. <laughs> I wish that were true. That sounds like something Hulk Hogan would say. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's not, and it's not a very cool like band to be into, you know. Like especially because, like Pet Sounds is obviously people love Pet Sounds, and like you know, it's pretty so uh, much it was really so much critical acclaim, even though it kind of flopped in the charts, and like even now, like. I think on probably one of the Rolling Stones list, it's like the best album of all times. So like people know Pet Sounds and yeah, it's right just- the Appetite for Destruction. <laughs> right, exactly. Which I think we cut so that reference- yeah. <laughs> Oh shit, well we can cut this reference too. <laughs> but, um, but Smile, you know, was supposed to be the successor to, to Pet Sounds um, and it just never was. And there was like a lot of, anticipation behind it you know and there was also like a certain level of you know competition with the Beatles who were putting out Sgt. Pepper it was like it was like a race to who was going to be who was going to release the next big thing because music was kind of changing at like a really breakneck speed there you know this is like the early 60s where it goes from like the the doo-wop and like you know you get into like the Phil Spector stuff and then it gets like even it was just really changing a lot. And like the Beach Boys knew it, the Beatles knew it, like Bob Dylan knew it, like all the like, you know, pillars of music at that time, they were kind of like developing this new sound really quickly and like really like experimentally. There's a lot of, uh, I think, hype around pet sounds and like rightly so, but I feel like there would have been just as much love for, for Smile if it had come out or maybe not, maybe it would just be like, you know, another Beach Boys album that like is not Pet Sounds and that nobody really cares about. 
but there's all this like, you know, legend behind it. It's like this mystery. And, you know, there's the, the fact that like, after it didn't come out, you know, there's all this legend about Brian Wilson going into this catatonic state. And it's like, you know, the American boy, Brian Wilson, genius with a capital G is like, he can't complete his album. And, you know, and then he lays in bed for three years and is 300 pounds of baby fat. <laughs> it's, it, it's, I mean, it is like the, the, I was like talking to Al a little bit. Like, it's crazy how incongruous the like early Beach Boys stuff is with this and Pet Sounds. It's like even the name, like we're Beach Boys. We're boys on the beach. We sing about <laughs> yeah. cars and boys and beaches and girls. And then it's like, uh, I'm having a massive nervous breakdown. <laughs> the LSD has taken hold. Um, and so like, I think that's like, do you think it would have helped if they had just been Brian Wilson's solo albums? Like, do you think people would have given it more credit if it wasn't under the same name as like fun 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 like yeah maybe i mean there was like you know there's two like eras of the beach boys right there's like the stuff that i you know had kind of known from growing up like you know all the surf songs and like fun 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 and then when i yeah, exactly. When I was like, and like to be clear, they're not bad. They're just no, goofy. no. They're just goofy. They're totally Chug-a-log. cornball. I. It sounds like someone making fun of the Beach Boys. <laughs> Maybe that's what Brian was going. For. I want a root beer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Let me look at my notes here. Oh shoot. Do do you want to um, screen share? Oh you guys yeah. Can see. I think can you should be able to do it. Host disabled participant screen oh sharing. Oh gosh, I'm such a piece of shit. Cut this. Cut this out. <laughs> Cut oh, all this teacher. out. <laughs> Alan disabled screen sharing for participants. It's only me. Oh, I can only do it. I'm the beach boy. <laughs> ah. There. Hey. Ooh. Hello. So as you can see, I have a lot of notes here. Um, I'll try not to just like go on. Feel free to interrupt me also. <laughs> okay, if you insist. <laughs> um, I think something could be arranged. <laughs> okay, all right, where were we? Sorry, so we were just talking about, oh yeah, there's like two different, two different uh, eras of the Beach Boys. And that sort of changed in uh, like 1965, 1964. So between 1962 and 1965, they released 10 records. So they were just like, churning stuff out you know like a lot of bands were like the kinks we talked about last week like they just seemed to do it i don't know they just had their their drug ratios just right or something (laughs) (laughs) and they were able to like just churn out these uh you know fun 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 records um but then i think in 19 1965 um brian wilson stopped touring uh, with the Beach Boys so that he could just stay at home and write these crazy songs. Um, and you hear a little bit of that on Pet Sounds for sure. Like you can't really talk about Smile without talking about Pet Sounds because they're kind of like, you know, since one was supposed to come out right after the other, it was supposed to be like the big whatever, you know, his opus, magnum opus um, after Pet Sounds. Um, 
It was gonna be uh, his appetite for destruction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I think I do think that might have like just made smile nothing for a while. What do you mean? Like I think that would have like I think if I would have been overshadowed by pet sounds if it like had managed to come oh, out yeah. right after it. Like I think it would have taken just That's as long true. for it to get appreciated. Yeah, you're probably right about because that. If, if no one was that into pet sounds, but it already existed, so like the ideas out there for like this grand production and everything, but to follow it up with more of it, I think we would have been like, it's just pet sounds part two, and all yeah. the love for this would have gone towards pet more like pet sounds. Right. Well, it the whole idea of the album was supposed to be like going off of uh, the way that that they recorded um, Good Vibrations, which was yeah. like recording it in like these sessions that you hear on these ridiculous box sets with all like five discs of session material. They have one for, for Pet Sounds and for Smile. Obviously that's the one that we've been listening to this week. Um, but it was kind of like that inspired the making, like deciding to record the album this way, like in these feels as mm. Brian Wilson called it, like just in little mm. pieces that you can like, you know, kind of collage and cut and paste and uh, reuse. It was a really cool concept. Like making his own samples almost. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, so who's to say? I don't know. It's Pet Sounds actually did really well in the UK, surprisingly, but in the US, I guess like it was just like, you know, the Beatles were everything. It was like the height of Beatlemania, right? Yeah. So they just like couldn't really compete. Do you think it's because like you couldn't like give a disease to the Beach Boys name, like T Rex to see Beatlemania? <laughs> 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 Beach Boys Beach. virus. <laughs> I got Beach Bum. <laughs> it doesn't lend itself to a craze yeah. no no and like also it like wasn't very cool like at a certain point because like you know they had this like lingering uh legacy of these like super corny beach songs and it's like you know even the beatles early stuff isn't like that yeah you know I mean, it's, it's pretty a, goofy, but it's, it's not goofy. But I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's still about sixteen-year-old girls, but they sing about it in a little more serious <laughs> I, way. Like they're actually going to fuck them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're not just gonna hold hands all summer. <laughs> <laughs> like all good music in the early sixties was, <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. It is so bizarre. I I think we've talked about this uh, that a couple of times now. <laughs> but yeah well it's because like that's for whatever fucking reason that was just like the time like that's it's it's gross to read about it it's like all these people that i love like brian wilson married a 16 year old girl exactly yeah it's like in the movie like oh she was so it's like well you did that like you're like it's fucked up that we were like 14 or whatever but like i don't know yeah, I had no idea. Also, that girl, first of all, the fact that she was 16, and but Brian was probably only like 19. That's fair. Yeah. Right, I think. I couldn't, yeah, he, couldn't he was a beach boy. What's yeah. crazy about 
this whole story, the whole story of Brian Wilson, like, is that he was so young at the time, like while the smile, while he was like orchestrating these smile sessions, he was 23 years old. Whoa. Your pet sounds when he was 23. That's insane. Like what? That When I, I had to like reread that again and again, cause I was like, that can't be true, but it's true. So he, you know, I think, Whoa. and he was the oldest member of the band too. Stuff like that really makes me feel like shit. Yeah, that I almost like titled like that little bit of information, like something to make you feel like shit. Yeah, for it, the day. it just <laughs> does. Of like, man, this guy had his guy had made done so much with his life. He was already breaking down at twenty three. Right. Hey, you could have a breakdown at twenty three without doing jack shit with your life. Oh, I know. <laughs> I. Have certainly done that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I got the part two down. I just missed the prequel when I was a beach boy. Always a beach boy, never a beach man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they really were boys. It's it's really wild to think because they don't really look like boys either. Except for Brian, <laughs> he does. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Wilson like has always boy. looked like a four, yeah a forty year old boy, yeah. <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, so yeah, they were they're obviously family. The Beach Boys, you know, it's uh, Brian's oldest brother Dennis and Carl are his younger brothers. His cousin Mike Love and their neighbor Al Jardine. Um, so in addition to the obviously the Beach Boys, the band being on it, it was also mostly this group called the wrecking crew which i'm sure you guys are both mm. familiar with but mm -hmm. for people who aren't um they were these session musicians in la and they were like basically on they're on so many albums um but people didn't really know them like or know their story um they were on bridge over troubled water obviously uh pet sounds and smile sessions and whipped cream the herb alpert album um just to name a few um, but I think they were Phil Spector's band. For, like he put them together to work at the studio there. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I'm almost sure. What <laughs> they a were... crazy life to live. Phil Spector? I uh, know that crew? band. People that oh, had to come yeah. in contact with Phil Spector. <laughs> <laughs> I guess and Phil Spector, but rest in so... this. <laughs> Did uh... you see? So he, he died just last week. I think last Sunday. Um, I don't know if you guys saw Brian Wilson we wrote this like, what'd you say? Nothing. I didn't say we did it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> With our positive Jill's music Phil power. Spectre. Yeah. <laughs> we send out the vibrations to rid the world of Phil Spector. We're sending out kill vibrations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thumbnail video. Oh, sorry guys. Um, Brian Wilson was actually like pretty paranoid about phil specter trying to kill him i don't know if you guys read that yeah. or saw that but he was like sort of afraid of Sp phil specter because i think because there was like this because he's a murderer because he's a fucking murderer <laughs> and brian wilson knew it um no there's this like rivalry phil specter kind of like embarrassed him once i guess and obviously brian wilson like really looked up to him um he was like really obsessed with that song be my baby be my baby. Mm, yeah yeah it's a great song um but he had this like 
for whatever reason, he was just really freaked out by Phil Spector. He thought Phil Spector had like bugged his house and Phil Spector was like trying to kill him. Um, I wonder what that was like though, when all those years later, like the news broke out that Phil Spector did actually murder somebody. Yeah, I wonder if that was a hard day. I imagine it was a hard hard day. day Oh, he beat me to it. (laughs) (laughs) it <laughs> was a hard hard day's year probably for early for boy Brian get the Wilson. beach um so yeah the wrecking crew plays on the album and I, I counted how many different musicians and i think it was like in the 40s how different 40 different musicians worked on this album um, with brian wilson um okay so brian's at home in the studio the beach boys are on tour in europe with this guy bruce johnston who was going to take over for brian's parts and uh just play brian on the road on the road while brian wilson like lost his mind in los angeles doing crazy amounts of drugs and smoking hashish joints as he says i don't know if you guys caught that on on the the sessions there's like certain tracks where brian's like you got any more of those hash joints i know you do <laughs> i didn't catch that there's so much of that stuff it's crazy and like i you know you start to feel kind of like a crazy person listening to them and then you realize like what brian wilson was going through like or you know how he could get there if you're like doing all of these drugs and you think that Phil Spector is trying to kill you and you're just like obsessively recording and re-recording and re-recording yeah. these like pretty wild um, sections. And he was also like, he, he wouldn't really like write them out. He would like come in and then sort of like play the studio like an instrument. Like, mm. yeah, he, I remember, I think it was... Um, I think it was Fire actually reading this interview about Fire, uh, where I think they interview Carol, Carol Kay, who plays the bass. Um, somebody's like, wow, like when did he write this? This is so incredible. And she's like, oh, like half an hour ago or so. He would just kind of like, you know, come up with these things or like have these like visions for how this stuff would be, and then go to these session session musicians, which is like that's the great thing about session musicians, is you can just bring them their stuff and these guys were like the best like you know right on the money um they worked with all these crazy other producers and bands and stuff but never like this i think yeah. one one day of recording was like three thousand dollars um wow. yeah yeah they poured a lot of money into this album that never was i think that's why they had to go so hard in 2011 yeah, they finally had a recoup. <laughs> They're like, all right. So. I'm sure they lost so much money on the Beach Boys. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure this this cost them a lot. Yeah, they definitely did. I mean, good vibrations. I think I forget the exact number, but it it's definitely five or six digits on like recording how yeah. much it costs to record good vibrations, like the amount of re-recording and mixing and re-recording. I bet it's made that back. Probably. Yeah. Well, well, good vibrations. Definitely. That was like actually their biggest hit of all time, like more than surfing USA or any of those. 
you know, fun, fun, fun songs, good vibrations was like a huge hit. But for whatever reason, maybe if it was on Pet Sounds, it would have Pet Sounds would have done better. Because people obviously loved it. I bet that would have that would have really changed Pet Sounds. Probably. It's a great song. I always assumed it was on Pet Sounds, so I listened to Pet Sounds. Yeah, that makes sense. It sounds like it belongs on Pet Sounds. It all kind of blended together for me from not knowing anything about the Beach Boys at any point of my life. Well, I remember <laughs> like looking at the track listing and like as I'm like listening to the album and it's so weird. I'm like, oh, well, they're going to end on this like poppy song, Good Vibrations. And then when I read listen to Good Vibrations, I'm like, oh, this song's also fucking insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I just like assumed because it's such like a song everyone knows and a big hit that it would be like this big pop number to end with but it's also just wild it goes through so many movements yeah yeah the whole album's like that like i said it was like a concept album sort of based on the idea of like how they recorded good vibrations it's really crazy because i i before when you said that you want to do smile i had never listened to beach boys and so I listened to their first album and then just a couple of other random early tracks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I still don't like this. That's then, fair. <laughs> <laughs> but then I listened to Smile and then going back to them, I like appreciated them a lot more for the production of it. And then after watching the movie, between watching the movie this morning and recording with you guys, I went back and listened to more of the early stuff. And now it all feels so sad. Now it's like, it seems like such a weird, different feeling to him of just like Brian Wilson being sad and writing happy music to yeah make it all work. And like Joe and I were talking earlier that reminded me a lot of uh, Harry Nilsson where it's like covering yeah. up this, uh, these awful parts of your life with the happiest sounds you can think of. Yeah, totally that's the beach boys are like the second second wave of the beach boys yeah it is but like even when they were writing happy songs they were getting the shit kicked out of them by their dad like yeah so it's i i i i think yeah like just knowing knowing about the story behind these albums does add this like sheen of melancholy <laughs> like Definitely. oh like it's... they were never surfers that blew my mind when they said that <laughs> in the movie like oh this is actually a fantasy world right? to escape your horrible life you sad genius <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the name of a, a brian wilson album sad, sad genius oh, there's one that's called adult child i think <laughs> that's so oh, perfect man. Yeah. I read that Smile was almost called Dumb Angel, which I love. Yes, I love that too. Yes. Because <laughs> really? that is what he is. He's just the dumb, sweet angel. <laughs> totally. He's just, exactly. He's just a sweet, sweet little beach boy Aww. whose dad was a fucking asshole. God, those scenes in the movie, like even before we got to like the more like, sustained abuse of the psychologist, the dad just being a dick like was really hard to watch it was rough well you know he oh, was a we musician the movie but we mean love and mercy oh yeah, yeah love and mercy with john cusack and paul dana is like basically about this period in brian wilson's life and then i guess through like the 90s through just brian wilson's life in general but 
there's a good amount of like smile and pet sound stuff. It's so well done. It was such a great movie. And I, when it came out, it came out, I feel like it came out after so many other music bio movies. And I, I never had any thought about it, but it was a great surprise. I clearly yeah. just never liked the Beach Boys until this week is, is what happened. I well, thank you. like I really didn't like the Beach Boys. I was the same way. And like I had friends who were like, no, like you don't get it. Like, the, you know, they're great. There's like so much cool, you know, history there. And they're really interesting. But like if all you know is like the surfer songs, mm. then like you're not going to get much out of that. Yeah, like I remember. So they re-released this this version of smile that we listened to in 2011 mm-hmm. i remember being at like the mall with my friends and one of my friends who's like a big music nerd too was really excited about smile and i'm like and i did not know pet sounds or smile so i'm just like why are you geeking out about the beach boys the beach boys <laughs> like like this lost surf rock classic like is that, <laughs> <laughs> is that what this is and then he's like he's like no 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 like these like uh there's like the arrangements are layered and like there's like four tubas on like one song <laughs> or like like no one actually knows how they like did some of these harmony i'm like oh and then like i went back and like listened like i like just like the like seeing like the nerd light in my friend's eye was just like oh maybe (laughs) there's something I don't know about the Beach Boys like I made this big assumption yeah I totally did too um and then I think I watched a documentary one night with those friends that were trying to get me into it and like it was just like rabbit hole like after Mm. that like specifically with like the smile stuff it's yeah that it had like a really big effect on me also because we were just like we would just get stoned and listen to the smile sessions and like it yeah. makes you feel crazy yeah but, like, say, that sounds kind of scary <laughs> <laughs> yeah alan said he w- you were listening to it like stoned like laying in bed on a oh sunny, yeah sunny morning it's like yeah, that's exactly right i wanted to make sure i was able to do that so like yesterday i woke up and rolled the joint and just laid in bed and listened to it and smoked a joint that's in true brian wilson fashion yeah and i'd already listened to brian wilson presents smile so you know i don't think i've ever actually heard that version maybe i had i feel like i might have like played it once like you know as a pick in the store i'm glad i listened to it that's like they got like an orchestra to do it is that right yeah he he was in this they got this band together to like sort of you know, it was being performed for the first time. Like this was before the Smile Sessions box came out with this like track listing and everything. So it was like, it was the first time that it had been performed and like also released like from Brian Wilson. Mm. Um, But I just never cared. Like I've, I love this stuff so much, like the session stuff so much. And I really think that it's so like perfect that listening to the 2004 one just like eh, i don't really need that yeah it doesn't have that same kind of magic spark to no, it no it doesn't have the magic but um but but what did you think of it i really liked it i thought it was really cool um but then so when you told me that it wasn't the like the same thing 
I was wondering like, well, how can the other one be like, what is that one going to be compared to this one? And I'm glad I listened to it. Cause it is like, it is a little, it is pretty different, but it gave me kind of like a quick little insight into Brian Wilson before putting right onto this. Yeah. There's that a makes nice, any sense. no, it definitely, there's a, there's a great um, documentary on YouTube. I think you can find it about the Brian Wilson present smile and like, you know, them like getting the band together and practicing and like the night of the performance, like it then shows you the performance and like Paul McCartney's there. And sure. yeah, you know, it's this like huge thing. Um, he's just like whispering at Brian's ear, you're gonna fail, man. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just trying to cement Someone told legacy. me had a problem with your dad. <laughs> I'm here to remind you of it. <laughs> I'll be in the audience laughing. Because <laughs> yeah, I feel like Paul's like gotta be like a closet huge asshole. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's I hope I kind of feel it's like almost the opposite. Where he's, like, he's a closet nice asshole. guy. Yeah, he's he's clearly an asshole, like an egotistical uh, he's, ass he's, of a guy. But he is just like a big old goof. Yeah, he is such a big old goof. But he's also like, but you gotta you gotta listen to me, goof. <laughs> can, and I only say this because we can smell our own kind. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, I got really into Wings this year, and one of the funniest things if you listen to Wings with like good headphones is how loud the bass mixes are. <laughs> the bass is always mixed like front and center, unless That's can, unless it's like clearly Paul McCartney playing piano and the piano is in the lead. But it's like, they're very <laughs> piano and bass heavy songs. Do you think he would have been like that if it wasn't for John? Like he was always like this or was it like striving to do his best friend? I think he, I think he just is that way. I think so too, but yeah. I was just wondering. He also kind of, I think he deserves it. He's fucking Paul McCartney. Yeah. True. I think like yeah. So I anyways. <laughs> Wait, yeah. what? I don't know. I I I was like I, I was I had a thought about Paul McCartney, but then I'm like, we're not talking about Paul McCartney. <laughs> no, so. but I'd like to. I'd like to do Ram. That would be a fun one to is talk that, about. Is that I think that sucks. Like the funniest fucking yeah. thing in the world. <laughs> Which one, Alan? McCartney two. Oh yeah, yeah. That one's my favorite. Did you I listen just... to McCartney three? I don't think so. It's it, like, very good. It just came out. out. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. No, I haven't heard that yet. I loved it. It's good. I haven't listened to it. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, if you but you have to listen to it like with the context of the McCartney albums, you know, uh, okay. where like they're yeah. very playful and it's just very stupid. Uh, so like a lot of like the tracks on the three McCarty albums is just kind of go nowhere and like they're just little jams that he builds as on like with himself, and so there's yeah. a lot of that. I think like in that podcast that will like never air that we did before. You oh, it'll me. air. Oh, okay. Podcast, which one? We, it was like just oh me no, the Alan. one me and you did. Yeah. Oh no, that's gone. Yeah, that yeah, died. Yeah. That died with my computer. Yeah, so that'll oh, never. Oh no. Air. But at one point we were just riffing about admiral halsey because i think alan like didn't remember what it was off the top of his head and it's just like oh yeah i think it's so funny that he just must have told 
whoever was playing the trumpet, like, just make it goofy, man. (laughs) It's like, it's as goofy as you can get a trumpet to sound. (laughs) The sound's kind of like that, too. The smile is like very goofy. Well, I was beautiful segue. I thought that it was like unintentional, (laughs) the goofiness, but then Brian's like, is like in a lot of interviews saying that I want it to be funny. I want it to be funny. Like this is his idea of a funny album. And it is, it it really does walk the line of being very funny and being hugely tragic. Yeah. It's like, he's not having a good time, but he wants you to have a good time so badly. Yeah. He's like, it's like, it's, it's a desperate album. I think that's why I really liked fire is because it really felt like where it was not going well anymore. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, we should, I guess I like wrote down some things about like each of the tracks. You don't yeah. have to listen to all of them because there's 19. Um, but maybe we'll listen to just a couple here. Uh, so it's. Did you, oh, sorry. Did you get oh, to no, say everything you wanted to say about the production or did you want to do. No, this I about think McCartney three. Oh. <laughs> yeah, did you get everything you wanted to say about Paul McCartney? <laughs> Yeah, I think I basically we hit everything we wanted to talk about. So the album starts off with this like super stripped down, and we're we're also just going to talk about the 2011 uh, 19 tracks. Our prayer to good vibrations, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because they're like, what's interesting about this album is they're were a lot of like bootleg versions that floated around for a long time because it was never released. And so it was like kind of like this underground like record trader thing where they would trade around these different, you know, their own bootleg versions of Smile um, because somehow they like the tracks, some tracks had been released and there's kind of like conflicting, you know, stories on how the, the tracks got into like the hands of the public. Um, but one theory I read is that uh, Dennis Wilson actually just like made copies for his friends and then his friends made copies for their friends and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so before the album was actually released, there was like this whole like culture of like freaks trying to figure out smile and like you know using it kind of the way that brian wilson had intended by just like you know cutting and pasting stuff and like moving it around and like trying to figure out what the track list that that brian wilson had actually envisioned was um and there was really no no real track list uh, at one point columbia uh, was getting really tired of waiting for the album to come out, obviously, because, you know, the Beach Boys, they just churn out albums up until 1966. And then it's like an album, an album a year. And then they're like, we're making, you know, this teenage symphony to God is what Brian Wilson called it. And there was like all this like crazy hype around it. And Columbia's like, where is that album? And what? uh Oh, go ahead. Does that mean? <laughs> like, I've heard that said about this album, and I don't know what it means. Well, you know, I think that I don't know. I think Brian Wilson was like a deeply spiritual guy. You know, he was like getting into like meditation at this point, and like you know, using a lot of psychedelics, and sort of on the same trip that a lot of people were at that time. 
right? Like getting really into health food and meditation and <clears throat> yoga and that sort of thing. Um, and he was like, I don't know, he was just like a very, like you listen to him talk in that time too. And there's like something just like very like spiritual and like, you know, religious about it, him too somehow you know like some of these songs like our prayer is like super choral it sounds like just yeah. like a chant or something so here this is how the album starts on the 2011 I said I couldn't figure out how to fade out, but I guess it just, oh, there you go. You have to like oh, open weird. this. Anyway. Um, maybe maybe just, if your window is wider. It yeah, wouldn't. I'll just go full is screen. It, nope. Oh, yeah, yeah. There. Oh, there we go. Okay, uh, just cut all the, that out. With the Teenage Symphony to God thing, it kind of feels like, and this is just, I've only listen to like this the i think it was like the four hour version of session of the smile sessions i listened to most of that yesterday today you didn't go full six hours 34 minutes no because you know what <laughs> i just i i just clicked on whatever one came up um that's actually a great way to approach them just like whatever yeah and i just kept looking back and but then like between in, in the movie they kind of talk about it too in, in love and mercy where he talks about like dogs and like picking up vibrations. That's what good vibrations mm -hmm. is about. And like we were saying earlier, where it feels like the beach boys is kind of him putting out something good and hiding awful things and happy stuff that like, this is kind of feels like him almost giving back to God of like, I want to put out more good vibrations into the world. And here, he, like, here's this, thank you for all the good things. I try to capture it all for you. Totally. I feel like that's kind of like what he means. That's what it, I had like a weird amount of like thoughts during listening to this album and the sessions and the movie. I got, I got uncomfortable yeah. at some points. It does. I also think it's very indicative that he says like a teenage symphony to God. Cause it, it is like, he is a child. Like yeah. he has that. I think he maybe consciously or not like, still thinks of himself as a little boy totally and at this point too i mean like you know he's only 23 and it was like he wrote like what he knew which was you know like teenage suburbia california and but this was just like he was on a new trip and had to like you know take it even further but i mm. think I, I like had heard that before that teenage symphony to god and I was like, oh, you know, that's kind of like heavy handed, but I really do after listening to it more and more this week, I feel like that he pretty much nailed it. Yeah. I, I feel like that's also like a mindset of like a lot of people that go through like childhood abuse of like that staying as a child and yeah, like a teenager and like, that's what I was thinking. Definitely, like, looking yeah. for he that. Just like, like longed for what he never had. Yeah. And that's, it just feels like this was like his replacement for all that is like, I made this. And then everyone was so mean to him about it. It's so heartbreaking. 
and like smiley smile sounds like an insult to the smile. (laughs) Kind of. I think it was (laughs) like, right. Like they weren't being nice. Well now, because it's, there are so many after, like after you go through the album, Dan, I do want to go through a couple of uh, parody and comedy versions of this, but I want to wait till after. Walk hard. Well, there's walk hard. I still haven't watched it. Did you watch? Did you see that clip? No, I didn't. I didn't watch okay. it. I don't know why. Well, we should. I I, I got a couple of us. clips. We, we know. <laughs> yeah. There's walk hard. There's Weird Al. There's uh, Arrested Development. Oh. Arrested Development. Uh, Oscar uh, Oscar's oh, song right. is Smiley Smile. And oh, yeah. it's the most like people are insulted that it's so just vapid and dumb and empty and hollow. <laughs> yeah. And I got to assume that's making fun of Smiley Smile. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I never, I never picked I up never, on that. Yeah. Cause it sounds like this stuff just shitty. <laughs> You know, <laughs> that's really funny. I didn't, I never, yeah, registered. Well, let's that. see if we can find that. Hold on. <laughs> All you need a smile, smile, smiles, lots and lots of smiley smiles. <laughs> All you need is smiles, lots and lots of smiley smiles. Oh my gosh, your sweet pink mouth goes north, not south, and just smile. <laughs> <laughs> hey, smile. I hate that Jeffrey Tambor turned out to be like a creep. Yeah. Oh, what? I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Don't he's... ruin Jeffrey Tambor for me. Because oh, he's so fucking funny in like this and like the Larry Sanders show. He was oh my so... God. Yeah. And Muppets from Space. His greatest. <laughs> His magnum opus, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, like I, I do. You guys like know a lot about classical music? Like I don't. I would never though, say that. Yeah, I, I would never... say about a certain kind, like certain kinds of classical music, but as a whole, no. Yeah, I like to like... listen to classical and jazz, but I will never be like I know that. I'll never try to be like, I understand classical and jazz music or I I know facts. Yeah, because like, I well, I the girl I dated for most of college was like a classically trained pianist and like saying a a, humble brag. Oh, I can't help. It just happened. Uh, It didn't end great. (laughs) So so, there's that. But, uh, uh, but like so like i went to and she sang in the school choir so like i went to like a lot of like choir stuff and but i don't know anything about it but then like hearing like just like when we were re-listening to our prayer i'm like oh i kind of get that he's like adding all these like like he's he's doing these much older musical things yes definitely and like i think that's why the beach boys hated it like at first, definitely Mike Love. It's like, it's not very hip, you know? Mm. And like, even like the Wrecking Crew at some point, they're like, oh, I thought we were doing uh, like rock music. And it's like, it's really not that. I mean, it's like pop music, but 
yeah, it's got, it definitely has like these bones of like a much older sort of like. Hmm. Well, and that's kind of like the way music was written is like in movements and stuff for classical, the way like right. these recording right. all this. We uh, should do, we should each do a classical album and just like try to get through one at some point. I would love that. Would yeah. you, do you guys have one? And if like off the top of your head, is there one that comes right to mind? <laughs> Mine, the first thing I thought of was uh, Steve Reich's music for. Oh my God, me too. That's so funny. That's exactly what I thought too. But you but, know, but I that's had, not like real. But I mean, that's not modern. No, yeah, yeah. A, that's what I meant. Like I know, name. I know a lot about modern classical, but like more like traditional, like choral or like Baroque music or anything like that. You know, right. not really. I, I would like want to do one that I hadn't heard. I guess. Oh, it just makes yeah. me think of like what I'll like a shitty boyfriend uh, I was that like oh I would totally listen to like Brahms for this podcast, but I never <laughs> did it while I was dating. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Like, uh, this is like I'm realizing I'm a piece of shit in real time. <laughs> <laughs> if we drag the video back, you can see the moment <laughs> where you can see his heartbreak. <laughs> Because I was so I was so into that idea for this podcast, <laughs> like three three years of dating, never <laughs> never crossed your mind, never once. Yeah, I'll go to her thing, <laughs> but I don't know if you guys saw this. There's this um, there's this video of uh, Leonard Bernstein. He's doing this like special on pop music in like the '60s, and. Uh, they do like uh, Brian Wilson actually plays um, "Surfs Up." Oh, on it. that's really cool. And yeah, it's really beautiful. I I want to show you guys the video. That too, song too. is wild. Yeah, it definitely yeah. is one of like the saddest and most beautiful songs on the whole album. Um, the sound was such a bummer. <laughs> called Smile. Yeah, bummer, I did dude. feel like listening to his version of "You Are My Sunshine." I'm like, oh, that's a guy who's a about to kill himself. That, <laughs> that is what that that hurt like. to get through. Should we listen to it, or do you guys want to? Let's do it. Yeah, here to go. a cool one to hear the the sessions for mm. <laughs> oh brian this was like the track that really got me to be like uh all right this is incredible yeah this one fucked me up mm. it's heavy <laughs> as this plays it's like it's a heavy track <laughs> i like then... the idea of him thinking like uh you know this will be really funny this will be like a fun thing for people <laughs> right but then it gets well this is the setup
And so many of these songs are just like, you know, a minute, a minute and a half, two minute songs. Yeah. Like that one, just these little pieces. And then yeah. like, and then I feel like the album sort of takes like a turn after that My Only Sunshine. It's like the first part of it is kind of like, I don't know, it's a little more playful, right? Like you have Heroes and Villains, listen to just a piece of that song that song fucking love yeah, yeah that was great it's oh bananas. yeah bananas like but that's like this will be our single <laughs> lead off hold on So he wrote these with uh, Van Dyke Parks. That was like his collaborator on all of these songs. And like he, Van Dyke Parks really brought it in terms of lyrics. And that kind of also caused a rift in the Beach Boys. Cause it was like, what does this stuff mean? Like I know fun, fun, fun. And I know the sun, sun, sun. I don't know what, you know, columnated ruins domino yeah. <laughs> is supposed to fucking mean. And Van Dyke Park says that this song was kind of inspired by like a Marty Robbins uh, sort of theme, like, you know, Gunslinger, uh, El Paso. I like, because of this, I went down like a Van Dyke's Park wormhole last night, which is like a scientific term. Uh, (laughs) But but he's incredible. I knew him from like random sea shanties and Harry Nielsen. And uh, he's also he... in Twin Peaks, it's on the second season of Twin Peaks. Really, yeah, that he's got a sense. role in Twin Peaks. He's that makes uh, a lot of sense. <laughs> he plays a lawyer, I think. Yeah, there's like it's something about like the Miss Twin Peaks pageant, right? Like, he's like involved yes. in that. So, also, like, greatest Beach Boys collaborator of all time, incredible lyricist, and like. Brian knew that he needed to compete with what he heard on Rubber Soul. He knew that he needed somebody to like really bring it very hard in terms of lyrics. And that's when he met Van Dyke Parks Hmm. and they started their thing. It is interesting that like Brian, I mean, I guess like Brian collaborated on the lyrics or is it all Van Dyke? I think it's mostly Van Dyke. But it still feels so personal to Brian, which is really like, it's a really impressive thing to like. Yeah, it it all fits. Mm -hmm. And I love that this song has like all these different like movements, like you said, business. (laughs) There's awesome uh, session tracks of just like laughing and moaning. Mm-hmm. And it's super weird. Like I have some lined up for us to listen to, just oh, yeah. like these insane like breathing exercises, and it's really like kind of scary to listen to. Same Beach Boys though. That's fun, fun, fun. And then I love this song. <laughs> it's very good. Let's. So like this first part of the album, like I was saying, sorry, it's like, it's kind of like happier and nicer. You have this song too, which I always really love. 
that has all the Beach Boys like making these crazy animal noises. Cute, fun, funny. Mm. Uh, and then that goes right into that horribly depressing My Only Sunshine. And then after that, it kind of goes on to this, these, these few songs here between Cabin Essence and Surf's Up that are really sad, but also like definitely bring it pretty hard. Kyle is the father of man is insane. Oh my gosh. Okay, so this is Cabin Essence, which is like another really lyrically heavy, um, crazy song. So I think the idea behind the album, it was supposed to be like this, like a folktale sort of like Americana theme where it starts, you know, that Do You Like Worms uh, roll Plymouth Rock. It's like, it's it's the concept of traveling across the country, uh, like through, you know, the Midwest and you hear some of these, like the banjo songs and eventually getting to California. As Van Dyke Park says, they were on this American Gothic trip. But this sounds like, uh, like a train or something. Like, it's got that like. Oh yeah, the backing oh, yeah. vocals are like doing train things. Yeah. Huh. That killed me. The doings. Doing, doing. The train doings. They're the most haunting doings I've ever heard. <laughs> the album is haunting. Like, even in, in its silliness, it's haunting. And beautiful. Like, that's the... Like, this is like if Trout Mask Replica was a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's the same level of insane perfectionism and mental illness. But <laughs> yeah. then, like, the finished the finish product just But this one's to be for kids. Beautiful. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Trout Mask Jr. <laughs> oh my Child God, I want to hear Mask. that. I want to oh. hear that album. So, this, this song, Cabin Essence, is like kind of credited with like things sort of starting to fall apart. Um, because Mike Love hated the lyrics and Van Dyke was like, fuck you, I'm a genius. I don't have to explain my lyrics to you. Um, but- uh, seems like the most inaccurately named person. <laughs> More like Mike, kind of a dick. <laughs> and I love this outro. And this does kind of weirdly feel like almost like a train arriving somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It sounds like he just got somewhere. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, that's the idea. Like, I feel like it it's that teenage symphony to God and also this like, you know, American 
gothic. It's just like very, I don't know. It's like timeless in that it's like, you know, I feel like that's cliche to call, but it's like, I feel like the story of it or like sort of what it's supposed to be is like this like really like old sort of like idea of like, you know, traveling across the country as like a pioneer or something. But then it's also like, you know, this suburban thing, just like American, very American. Mm. I like your note about, do you like worms? (laughs) (laughs) I also was reading that earlier. (laughs) (laughs) I I defy you to find a (laughs) lyric. Yeah, so that role, do you like worms, roll from the frog, which is the fourth track, um, but not about worms at all. Going a little out of order here, but. Yeah, there's a great, great quote of Al Jardine saying, I kept yelling at people over at Capitol that there's not one goddamn lyric about worms on this track. It's called <laughs> Rock Plymouth Roll. I defy you to find anything about worms on there, but they wanted to name it Do You Like Worms? As in Van Dyke and Brian Wilson. Why? Who knows? I assume that's what's underneath Plymouth Rock if you roll it over. Oh, there you go. Roll Plymouth Rock, you find worms. Hold on one sec. I have to get to the forums. (laughs) We just cracked this shit (laughs) wide open. (laughs) Gotta go to (laughs) smileysmile.net. Smileysmile.uk. We gotta hack into the Beach Boys mainframe. <laughs> uh, crazy like, vocals on this one, too. Hold on. Maybe we should use this as an opportunity to like listen to our first session track, too. I think I saved it. Oh, yeah, right here. One of the scarier of the tracks. Let's see. Oh yeah, that's why I wanted to watch this one. This like crazy outro. I don't even know what instrument that is. Sounds like a lap steel guitar. It sounds like he's got maybe. Yeah. Yeah. uh, He's like playing it with like a glass over it, maybe. Yeah. Or. Oh yeah, maybe. Like that, because it sounds like he's sliding it too. Mm, yeah, definitely. But I just love that that little outro. So. Right, I think it's just that with like a ton of like uh, reverb. Yeah, really right. Cool. Or like I liked uh, in the I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing this is true in the movie where he like put like pins on the piano wires to get that like kind of like like rattly like mm. the, like sound. That's yeah, like, yeah. I was trying to figure out like what track that is because I'm sure it is true. I mean, I I haven't read anything about that anywhere else, but like. I think it was um, something off Pet Sounds, though. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he really, like, played the whole studio. Like, that was, like, an instrument to him. It's like he... And he could play all of the instruments. Like, he would, you know, go up to the members of the Wrecking Crew and just be like, play it like this, and then play it, like, no matter what the instrument was. Um, He just had this, like, whole, like, grander vision for, like, how he wanted it to sound. But also, like, kind of didn't know, I feel like, how he wanted it to sound. And that might be why, like, 
never exactly came to fruition. Like there's, you know, a number of reasons I'm sure, but I feel like the, the amount of like perfectionism that he was like searching for was like almost unattainable, you know, yeah, for like sure. one of these, oh, one of these yeah. session tracks, he's like, you know, maybe I'm looking for something that's just not there. I don't know, but let's try it again. And it's like, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's definitely like the vibe it all gets is like just desperately searching for through a bottomless barrel. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Okay, so album goes on after Cabinescence, more kind of sad songs. Uh, this child is father of the man is a pretty good one. They're all great. Um, but really is crazy what they're able to do with their voices. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like what? And you start to kind of like get this picture of this like sadder, sadder beach boy. <laughs> like, wait a minute, there's a lot going on. And especially knowing what his relationship like with his own father was. Mm. Which is really sad because like he's not afraid to talk about it. Like I watched several interviews where it's just like, oh yeah, like my dad like, you know, would hit me in the head with a two by four, you know? And this was after he like, you know, I was deaf because of him because he had hit me so hard. It was like a completely different time. It's like, holy shit, like. So fucked up. Yeah, and interviewers are just like, uh, uh, let's roll with it. Yeah. Okay, thank okay. you for that. Um, a side note, there is a great interview with Brian Wilson in which he talks about his favorite movie, which is Norbit. What? <laughs> <laughs> he goes on to, to like talk about, well, I only read it, but um, it says like, oh yeah, like I love Norbit, like such a great movie, like really funny movie. And then... They're like, oh, have you seen, you know, any, any movies uh, in theaters lately? It's like Norbit. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, Norbit you is Norbit. an Oscar-nominated film. Is it? I've never seen it. What? Yeah, it got nominated for Best Makeup for oh. a giant lady and okay. an Asian man. He play, He does play an okay, Asian man. Okay, hold on. Man. Let's yeah, see. He's got range. Who snubbed him for an Oscar for Nutty Professor 2 that made that happen? Right? <laughs> Two thousand <clumps> were robbed. <laughs> Two thousand oh wait, two hundred? No, two thousand. <laughs> Norbit is a relic from two hundred AD. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's so timeless, like smile. <laughs> I you know what? I bet oh wait, best makeup or best visual effects? Best makeup. Oh, I forget which. Well, one of those. Like it it's did gotta actually, be best makeup. It is an, an Oscar nominated film, which is although it doesn't at one point she farts and like fire comes out. Now that's right. funny. <laughs> that's how you make Brian Wilson chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like, anyways. Anyways. Um so that's, next on the that, album. That's you, incredible. Oh, Norbit? 
No, just yeah. the Brian Wilson loves Norbit. It's, <laughs> it's very sweet. It's, it's he so is a fitting. Little I love him. I love him so much. Do you okay. love him as much as he loves Norbit? <laughs> no, no, I can't say that. I, I feel like the world needs to protect Brian Wilson. I agree. And you know what's nuts is that he somehow outlived both of his brothers, his younger brothers. Like, I don't know how that happened. Cause like he was like an unwell man, like yeah. for a, a lot of his life, you know? And like his two little brothers, like it's just kind of wild that, that they both died. Tragic, more tragic uh, s- stories in Brian Wilson's life. Yeah, well, I guess he just fucking won. they're at his his brother's funeral i won told you guys i guess i won this one he turns around (laughs) and he starts playing piano like where'd you get that brian i don't know know. so next um speaking of brian wilson on the piano i want to play you guys this um this leonard bernstein special performance that i mentioned earlier of Ryan playing Surf's Up. Now, at the time that this was released, so 1966, nobody had really heard anything from Smile other than uh, Good Vibrations because it was released as a single. Um, but they they released this uh, performance of, of Brian playing Surf's Up, and it's just harrowing. Um, it's, it's really sad, you know, looking back now that you like know the story of it, like what this guy's going through. Uh, it's a beautiful performance, but yeah, harrowing. Dim chandelier awaken me to a song dissolving the dark. The music hall across the back. So Leonard Bernstein was doing like a, a special on pop music. He interviewed like a bunch of uh, different like pop and rock musicians from the 60s, like an hour special. Here is a new song, too complex to get all of first time around. It could come only out of the ferment that characterizes today's pop music scene. Brian Wilson, leader of the famous Beach Boys and one of today's most important pop musicians, sings his own Surf's Up. fun to hear just him on the piano it's it's harrowing yeah and like brian wilson didn't tour with the beach boys you know he didn't perform Mm. like that like people didn't really see him perform like he would do it at you know his own parties maybe but 
It's kind yeah. of sad. It's like sad, like, like him being like, "Oh, you're not recording this, are you, Leonard?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> it, it has that vibe of like he was just doing this because he loved Leonard Bernstein and like wanted to show yeah. him the pretty thing he made. Totally, like... totally. Well, he wanted to be like validated, you know, because like he, I think, held that music in like such high regard. And it's like, no, I'm not just making pop music. I'm writing a symphony to God. You know, like no. West Side Story album would be a cool one to do because Bernstein's incredible. Is he? He just does the music for that, right? Yeah. I he came up he with the story. It. Oh, I didn't know that. Really? He, he was the original West Side from West Side Story. Oh. He was, yeah, he was a blood. Oh. She was a crib. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I make it any more obvious? <laughs> that was that was burned. <laughs> Um, all right, so yeah, that's it's a heavy, heavy trip. That can we hear some of Surf's up from the album? Oh, yeah, let's listen to it. Imagine, like, yeah, that heavy a trip, and then right into vegetables, right? Yeah, vegetables was so funny. Well, no, work wait, workshops in between them. Oh, right? yeah, <clears throat> you're right. I really liked workshop. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm, I'm glad that you guys like that one because that's like. I've- I think that's like one of the, the jokes that works best on the album is at totally. the end of that that he like whacks his hand. Like a... <laughs> it's wicked funny. See, it's not like as heartbreaking when you add other stuff to it. Yeah, right. It doesn't feel so intimate. Right. Speaking of intimate. Let's hear workshop. Oh, speaking of intimate, what is Joe doing? Is that a kitchen or a bathroom? <laughs> Joe eating his shit right now. She's getting some water. Some water <laughs> from the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> some water shot up your butt from your toilet's bidet. Oh, I wish I had a bidet. I'm not that fancy. Oh my gosh. I got one and my life is changed for the better I'm, mvp of, of 2020 i'm not sure why i don't have one i i stayed at an airbnb in columbus ohio and it was like i got there i was like a little bit i never been to ohio the guy who the stars were in your eyes <laughs> the stars were in your eyes you saw a bidet in ohio <laughs> no like so this guy it was all Harley Davidson merch. Like that was like all his decoration. It was. Was like it a Harley motor- Davidson bidet? It was all motorcycle stuff. And he's like, he's like, let me give you a tour. He's like this big biker. He goes, now this, this is the best thing in my house, and it's just a normal <laughs> bidet. Because I don't know why these haven't caught on in America. <laughs> just like this big burly biker raving about a bidet. <laughs> I'm not sure why I don't have a bidet. Well, you know, the first time like, you use one, you realize you've been taking shits wrong your whole life. Yes. Like, I dated a girl that had a bidet, and I, like, left her house to go to work one morning, and there was no toilet paper, and I was like, I guess I have to try this bidet. And then I just did it, and I was like, this is the best moment of my life. It's fucking awesome. I used one, and then I bought one, like, the next day. Yeah. It's like, I no more I stayed in that relationship. <laughs> I was like, listen... We're going to work this out. I'm going to stay at your place. <laughs> you just use Degoy Stravinsky's bidet. Yeah. <laughs> Got to find me a gal with a bidet. That's the move. 
You guys can come up and use mine anytime. Next time, next time you're in Vermont. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say next time you have to shit. Next time you guys have to shit, come on by. <laughs> and then, I so from Surf's up. So funny. I loved this song. Longest songs on the album, hilariously. Yeah, that's shocking, like two minutes. that Paul McCartney does the crunching on this song. I don't know if that's true. Can't confirm. I've heard the rumor, though. My duty to report on it. There's one guy I know that loves pot. It's Paul McCartney. So he probably definitely would have come over here and smoked pot and crunched on stuff. <laughs> I love was... the line, brush of like crazy. Cracks me up every time I hear it. I'm trying to figure out, like, what the hell does that mean? What is he talking about? Like, brushing your teeth. You got to brush them I like guess, crazy. I guess. I thought he was talking about vegetables, like potatoes. Oh. It's like, it Are only Brian makes Wilson's sense. Are teeth potatoes? <laughs> well, no, but you got to, like, brush potatoes and clean potatoes. Like crazy. <laughs> I guess, If you're yeah. insane, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a fucking crazy person, yeah, you're going to brush that potato like crazy. <laughs> no offense, Mr. Wilson. <laughs> sir. <laughs> listen, well, honestly, yeah, I'm not going to call him Brian. Like, listen, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Captain, if you, if you would like, whatever you'd like, sir. And then after this, like, adorable vegetables trip or vegetables, um, he does this, like, new section or starts going into it of all of the he wants to do like a fire element a wind element water element so he has you have water on love to say dada the elements obviously fire is mrs o'leary's cow that's fire the wind chimes that's wind um let's listen to mrs o'leary's cow because that one's the one right this is a great song i when this came on i was just shocked It gets pretty far out. Like, uh, I think this song in particular kind of like really took Brian in like a new direction in terms of like psychosis. He was like really freaked out by this. Um, I, can ima I can't imagine what like making this song must have been like. Right? Well, especially when the studio has like a bucket of trash on fire and sirens and everyone's wearing fire helmets and there's smoke you know it's like i don't know what his plans were for the other elements but like he almost burnt the studio down 
during this recording session. And actually that same day that they recorded this, a building down the street had burned down. And there was like a series of fires in Los Angeles like the week after. And oh. Brian was convinced that it was because like by some mystic, like <laughs> cosmic reason, he was somehow responsible for the fires. <laughs> the idea of someone being like, my house is on fire. Why is there this room full of firefighters listening to music? Like, <laughs> like the studio. <laughs> They're just not helping. <laughs> oh yeah, he said, uh, don't worry. When he had the fire brought in on this track, obviously the session musicians were like a little concerned about it. He's like, oh, no, don't worry, guys. They won't be able to hear it on the recording. <laughs> I feel like that kind of sums it up. That's beautiful. I love this. It's I, nice. I, 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 I have really just, I fell in love with this album over the last week. Me too. I feel like I've, I've re-fallen in love with it. Like I said, like I forgot like how much I was into this for a little bit. Yeah. It's like this story is so compelling and there's so much material to listen to and it's all amazing it feels like the like a bizarro version of zappa where like zappa made stuff this weird but he was angry and mentally intact yes right like he exactly. was mentally spot on the entire time and full of hate whereas <laughs> like if, you, if the spectrum is like the full circle of it then brian, brian wilson's right on the other side yeah. The same amount of craziness, but for the complete opposite reasons. Right. The complete opposite ways. <laughs> to try and spread good vibrations while like losing your mind completely. Yeah. Ver think about good vibrations versus who are the brain police. Yeah. Right. Um, and then here we'll listen to just, we're like right, coming right to the end of the album here. Just like this. I really love this. Uh, Love to say Dada is so beautiful. And this is right after that fire song we just heard. Yeah, Smile does a thing like a lot of Ween albums do the same thing where the way songs and stuff are sequenced, it shouldn't make any sense, but for whatever reason it works. Yeah. Like going from that the song fire to this some for whatever reason works even though it makes no sense and who knows maybe it was supposed to all be one song even like this you know mm. elements who knows this is all just like uh, an estimation of like what it would have been i think that's a big reason i never listened to this earlier was just that i'm usually kind of skeptical of like unreleased albums like they it's usually yeah. uh kind of like uh an unambiguous cash grab right but this was like very lovingly done and like really uh yeah it was really awesome like i but i i think that threw me off for a long time that it wasn't like necessarily right and i mean supposed there... to be Exactly. But there, and there was so much, you know, I mean, it was like half a century later, like, right? Yeah, 50 years, just about yeah. when this all came out. And so, and, you know, for people who are like really into the Beach Boys, it's like, that is their, you know, we never got it. It's the Sgt. Pepper that 
that was never released. Um, but I think they did do like a really wonderful job releasing it and obviously sounds great. Yeah. 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 Really like, yeah, the sound quality is all like, it's, it's very well mastered. Yeah. Whoever did it, they were like, we know that if we fuck this up, like it's the last chance. <laughs> so let's not fuck it up. And that's, uh, that's, Smile, that's the album that never was. Um, let's see. Uh, in 1967, the group took some of these songs and put them on Smiley Smile, which we've talked about a little bit, bit um, and it wasn't received very well. But I still, I really like Smiley Smile, but obviously not as much as Smile. I felt like I should not listen to it after. I, don't, I, was, like, I was like, maybe after this week, but. I mean, like, the songs are all still good. It's just, like, yeah, I, like, in context now, it's, like, this is really cruel to have done this. Yeah, right? <laughs> and, like, kind of crude. It's, like, all this, all these sessions had, like, so much, like, love and promise and passion behind them. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then to just be, like, fuck it. Like, we need to get something out. Let's just do it. Like, well, not just that, but, like, fuck it. We need a hit again. Yeah, right. Like, we don't, like... I don't know because it's it's it is uh, it's upsetting when people start making art for the hit right for like just for the hits of it and not like yep. because it's something that he wants to do yeah it's fucking art man <laughs> <laughs> Brian Wilson was a true artist it's it's mm. really sad that he never got to finish it but he's still like he worked on albums you know with the beach boys after this like i don't know if you guys you guys should listen to friends that's probably my second favorite beach boys album that came out a couple years uh after smile the smile sessions hmm. uh, it's really really cool one so brian was still like working on music with them um but just not in the same way like he the the wind was taken out of his sails i feel like and also like he was such like a sensitive you know boy that like when these things weren't hits like you know surfing usa it was like well what am i doing wrong yeah, like you know crushed him. yeah and then he like you know it was that whole like thing of his dad like i feel like came back where it's like i can't you know impress my father i can't impress america with my artistic vision because obviously yeah. his dad wasn't very supportive um, so yeah, I'm really glad that you guys uh, like this and wanted to talk about it. It's a it's a really interesting story, um, and the music is obviously amazing. Yeah, I really loved it, and uh, it's something I never would have explored on my own. So I'm so happy that you chose this one. Yeah, cool. It's yeah, it's something I can really obviously geek out about like I said I kept finding books on it that I forgot that I had I'd like mm -hmm. find an article about something and be like oh I need to like find a pdf of that and I was like wait a minute I actually have that already <laughs> I have a book of it it's like I completely forgot it's it's a uh, it was a bit of an obsession for sure <laughs> that's really cool yeah it was, it's a really great album yeah I just I want to show you guys one more I don't know if you guys heard this one they did like some little skits and stuff too. Like, I feel like they were having, it doesn't really come across like they were having much fun like during these uh, session recordings. But if you listen to some of these, like it is just like brothers, you know, fooling around. Where'd he go? He went in the piano. 
disappeared right into hey. the piano. Brian? Brian? Brian, where are you? Where's the piano? Come out of there, man! The piano stuck between the C and the C sharp. We'll try to get out. I did, and I hit my head on the mallet. Let's see, how are we going to get him out there? Oh, I don't know. Freezing. Let's see if we can play him out. No, don't hit the C sharp. Oh, oh. I'm sorry. Ow. Just goofballs. Being goofballs. Uh, there he is. Now listen, I'll hit it with the mallet, and you grab the mallet as it goes up, and it'll lift you out right, of there. Go slow, because I'm on... Uh, there we go. Right. Just a little at a time. I right, hit it. Oh! <laughs> there, I'm on. All right. Now, well, one more time and boost yourself all the way out. Now, wait a minute. Strike the B flat. The B flat? Yeah. My left foot's on it. Oh, there I am. Okay, I'm on top of the C sharp. Now, hit the C sharp real hard and I'll come flying out. How are you? Hey. Hey, yeah, that was man. great. That is funny that that is so much like the skits on Lumpy Gravy. That's exactly what I was about to say. It sounds so. It sounds like the complete opposite of Lumpy Gravy. But yeah, but goofy and funny and not yeah. like eerie and, and anti-establishment. But it sounds so spot on that it sounds like he would have known about it. You know what I mean? Like, like this, must maybe. Pre, this must predate Lumpy Gravy, right? Because that's barely by this is 66 yeah it's not by mm -hmm. much but the Columbia gravy 67 Columbia gravy came in 67 that's yeah wild. it was freak out was december of 66 and then 67 was rolling it for them or was absolutely free and then rolling it for the money in lumpy gravy that is insane huh and this never came out, so it's not like yeah. Zappa would have heard it. I did, I doubt. I don't know. I but mean, like maybe. Lumpy Gravy, they're like stuck inside of something and they can't get out. And uh, but it's like they're very it's like it, the production sounds similar to it. Huh. It's, it's very wild hearing that's, it. That's that's cool. I kind of want to hear that. Um, Lumpy Gravy is a fascinating. I'll try to guy. find it here because I want I want to share something with you guys too. After uh, well, I guess if we're, we're gonna talk about the Zappa thing, we should just do this whole thing now too. This is uh, Lumpy Gravy, Dana. Did you ever live in a drum? No. Well, then you weren't me. I only dreamt I lived in a drum. Ever since it got dark. Dreaming is hard. Yeah, but with nothing over your head? No, just light. Over my head and underneath, too. I don't think I could take it without anything over my head. Mm -mm. I couldn't either. Well, why don't you go out and see what's out there? Well, I don't know if that's what's out there. Well, that's a thought. Yes, but still you can say darker and darker. I don't know what the outside of this thing looks like at all. I do. It's dark and murky. How do you get your, your <gasps> water so dark? Oh my god. Because I'm paranoid. <laughs> because I'm paranoid. <laughs> and the water in my washing machine turns dark out of sympathy. Out of sympathy? Yes. Um, where can I get that? At your local drugstore. How much? It's from Candace. <laughs> Holy shit. But yeah. Weirdly so similar. Yeah, definitely. While That's also wild. Also being super different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which does bring us to uh, this week's uh degrees of zappa <laughs> 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 uh, 
which is, of course, that uh, Van Dyke Parks, before becoming co-writers with Brian Wilson, first worked with Frank Zappa on the early studio sessions of Freak Out. Holy shit. Yep. I had no idea. He left Frank Zappa's band and came to work for Brian Wilson because he quotes, I didn't like being yelled at all the time. So that's wow, that is amazing. A a single degree that's one single degree, and it's funny because earlier we were talking about the difference between uh this and freak out, uh, who are the brain police versus like good vibrations. Hmm. Uh, and also Zappa during freak out, uh, has a couple of tracks where they opened up the piano and played the chords inside and would drop uh, like drop bowling balls and stuff on the piano strings. Okay, so maybe there's a reason that so much of Smile is like kind of reflected. It's really bizarre, isn't it? That's it's, crazy. Mm-hmm. It's uh, like a, a through the looking glass kind of. Like yeah. Funhouse, like Zappa, Brian Wilson are like Funhouse mirrors. So uh, besides I the degree this, from Zappa, yeah. is uh, Dan, have you seen Phantom of the Paradise? No. Okay, that's perfect. So, so uh, because you're such a, a Beach Boys gal, I found all these different good parodies of the Beach Boys in, uh, I guess, not pop culture because none of these things are popular. <laughs> <laughs> but this is also a reference to Orson Welles' movie, Touch of Evil. So it's like, right. it's, it's so wild that Brad De Palma is just like, yeah, I'm going to just redo Touch of Evil but with the Beach Boys. <laughs> I highly suggest we should do this album maybe at some point too. This the soundtrack so of this. Good. I think um, I watched it because of you, Alan. Yeah, I think I like I uh but this is the sound this is from Phantom of the Paradise which uh the music is by Paul Williams and it is essentially like Phantom of the Opera on acid. But so this is from uh that movie. And when I was listening to Chug-A-Lug by the Beach Boys, I was thinking, like, it's hard to tell which is a song making fun of the Beach Boys and what's the Beach Boys. Chug-a-lug is about drinking root beer. This song <laughs> might as well have been like a real Beach Boys song. Yeah, I, definitely. I know, do you know Paul Williams? No. He did a lot of uh, music for the Muppets. He did like Emmett Honors, Jug Band Christmas music. Oh, oh cool. Uh, and like he wrote like songs that like Three Dog Night made famous. Like there's just like, like this like weird like musical gnome that like yeah that's you. him <laughs> i just pointed at my screen as if you could see me <laughs> so 
that's uh that's that movie i really i really want to see that yeah. it's so good. awesome uh and then this is weird al yankovic do you know this song pancreas no so this one i mean i you know i'm a huge weird al fan uh and he does uh pastiches which aren't like specific parodies of songs but they're songs in the style of other bands and i'll just put this on this is weird al doing smile People don't give Weird Al nearly enough credit. I agree. Weird Al, it's crazy that like he's like the only one who's good at what he does. Like there are just movements from Smile, yeah, just in here. It's it's incredible. haven't listened to this song since I had listened to Smile and listening to it again it is like a lot of points of it yeah pretty spot on yeah there's a part from Heroes and Villains coming up and that's like what made it snap for me the universe with a force proportional to the product of their masses and inversely proportional to the distance between them. Oh, right here. Don't you know you gotta flow, 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 pancreas? That's like straight out of that song. Yeah. How the hell did he like hear this song or like Heroes and Villains? Like, what if we made it about pancreas? (laughs) It's crazy. It is like, I can understand like the nonsense aspect of it. And that is just like a silly thing to write a song about and the same with it like his Zappa pastiche is just about making fun yeah. of French people which Zappa did all the time but he does some really great harmonies with himself <laughs> this album cover is great too oh yeah 
What does that say? Straight out of what? Uh, Linwood. Oh. Linwood, California. Where? I think. Uh, yeah. Like like, the one that went viral from that was white and nerdy, and it's yep. crazy that like, the two guys in the beginning of that are Key and Peele, like, kind of before they like blow up. Like, oh, a couple of years. Like, I didn't was think still about on that. TV. Yeah. So Weird Al is just like kind of the fact that he's maintained like relevance and like sharpness is crazy for like a huge totally. career. He is the the gatekeeper of cool comedy and uh, <laughs> luckily the coolest dude. We named yeah. our company after a Weird Al song. I'll be oh, mellow yeah, when I'm I dead. I didn't know that. Oh. I yep. get it now. Okay, so here is the clip. So this is from Walk Hard, uh, which is, well, probably, and I feel like we're going to keep ending up like going back and watching this movie scene by scene through this <laughs> podcast. So maybe you just should never watch it and just <laughs> watch it like this. But uh, this is uh, Walk Hard's version of uh, Smile. <laughs> Oh, hold on. I'm sorry. Uh, his childhood trauma in this is that he chopped his brother in half accidentally. Oh my god! Which I does like this does make weird references to that, which make this even closer to smile. <laughs> that I think you need to know to uh, get. Into Thank it. you Everybody. for the context. Yeah. Well, somebody's about to say something is what reminded me of it. Yeah. I'm <laughs> and there's the beach boys not playing anything <laughs> recording himself getting tickled <laughs> that's all the sm the times I've known smile without knowing smile. Well, now you know. That's now I so get funny. all I those never... jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Weird Al one is mind blowing. It's yeah. really crazy and, how how like how spot on he can get. And Walk Hard came out like before Love and Mercy, so like that's just like I don't think the Bride Wilson story was like a thing that like you could parody and everyone would get it like that was yeah. just like a, that was Definitely just them not. being like loving music nerds and be like no this is hilarious That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what if what have you guys listened to this week what are what are your tracks uh well let's see i'll share i'll keep on my tangent for now okay this oh hold on this uh, reminded me, Smile reminded me of another album of a man having a mental breakdown. <laughs> hey, who's this band on my daily mix recently played? Hot Chocolate? You guys ever heard of that band? Hot Chocolate? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Um, this is such a great album. You, you know this album? This is uh, Or by Skip mm -hmm. Spence, who 
formerly was the guitar player for Moby Grape until he had a mental breakdown and tried to kill two of the members with a fire axe. And then he went to uh, Bellevue Mental Hospital for six months where he wrote this album called Or. And he had his manager set up a record contract and for uh, to get a producer in Nashville, Tennessee, the producer thought would be the quote unquote most uh, patient person he could work with at the time and got Skip Spence a motorcycle. And he, I'll play a track for this as I explain the rest of this because it's so I don't not taking up all the time here. This is so this is all come to meet her off of or by Skip Spence. But so he essentially rode this motorcycle out of the mental institution when he got out down to the studio in Nashville, Tennessee and recorded this album completely alone and played every instrument on it. And uh, I mean, it shows Lawrence that he's not Euphoria an expert. Is an incredible track there. What? Oh, yeah. I had no idea that he did it all himself. Yeah, this is all him in two weeks. But it's funny because it's very different from Smile. (laughs) (laughs) Such a great album, though. A deluxe edition was released last year that has like a lot of. uh, Yeah. Or maybe the year before, but it's got it's got a lot of like outtakes and bonus tracks and stuff. It's awesome. This one, this the version on Spotify has a lot of good ones. Uh, but the reason I love this album, and oh, maybe we'll do an episode on it at some point, but uh, I have like a weird connection to this album because when I used to work at a uh, different uh, record store, I uh, a, a guy came in and was shopping around. And I asked if he needed any help, and he said that uh, he was like, well, I recently learned that I'm losing my mind. And I was like, he had like dementia, essentially. And he was just like, he was like, I'm just trying to have as much fun as possible as long as I can. So he had made this giant list of like psychedelic music to listen to as he went insane. Oh my God. He would just come in and buy these albums and share them with me. And uh, so it was, and then he, he told me this whole story about Skip Spence and, it was always weird because I, I saw that guy years later and he didn't remember who I was. And I was like, uh, wow. Well, all right. Oh my gosh. And he, uh, but yeah, it was just, this reminds me of that, that dude that was just like, I'm going crazy. So I'm going to have fun for the last few years. That's probably what I would do. Like, yeah. Yeah. If I knew like it was, you know, kind of on the, the downhill slope for me (laughs) mentally yeah Yeah, probably it was but yeah so but i love that album yeah that's a great album that would be a cool one to do an episode on Uh, because didn't he die shortly after no no i was just reading this he like lived oh i thought he did he like lived into his 50s and someone I was like, I was just reading this while Alan was talking. Someone said he neither died young or escaped. <laughs> this is like the darkest <laughs> like sentiment. You know, he, he lived for a while after this, and he was angry that they put out the album the way it is because he later said that he didn't want he wanted those to be demos and have someone else record them with him. 
Oh, I see. I didn't know that, huh? Yeah. Okay. So I, I when, when, as soon as it like went into Book of Moses, I'm like, I know that song, and it's because Tom Waits covers it on Orphans. Oh, right, he does. And it's like a really good cover, but I never knew. So I did not know this album, or like I only oh. know Omaha by Moby Grape. So I got it. Like this was not on my radar, but this is cool as fuck. Yeah, if you want, if you want to listen to a couple of people have a mental breakdown, listen to Smile and listen to Or. <laughs> yeah. Well, my track for the week is very different because <laughs> it was just like what I've been listening to this week. I've been really into it. It's like the first album of this year that I've been really into is called um, uh, Hotels by Jasmine Sullivan. And it, it feels, I mean, I don't know if she was probably working on it before this, but it feels like a very pointed rebuke to the... Uh, the backlash of that like WAP received so it's just like a, a a really like beautiful album that is like very f- flagrantly pro like black female sexuality pro-pussy. yeah and <laughs> like like expressing uh it's pro-italian no <laughs> no 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 definitely not uh but like expressing sexuality like bluntly and like i think it's like almost as if to like refuse to be misinterpreted by like trolls like ben shapiro that's like intercut with like uh interludes of like women talking and explaining their sexuality so it's like a really it's like it flows really well as an album oh you really do have a lot of tabs yeah sorry i wasn't expecting to share (laughs) you didn't think anyone was going to come over no, but this <laughs> this is the first song on it. I just think it's like a really awesome album, and her voice is nuts. I never heard her before. It looks awesome. Oh, I can't. We can't. Joe, you it. gotta share sound oh. when you share screen. Joe, Joe, oh, Joe. oh my god, oh, I suck. All right, I'm gonna go. Yeah, your your segments cut. Yeah, this yeah. week. Sorry, cut for time. I'm just going to cut your audio from the old episodes (laughs) and going forward. (laughs) Goodbye, Joe. I was going to say, this sounds like Frank Ocean. Oh, maybe, yeah. Associated acts, Frank Ocean. Yeah, I I didn't know anything about her until like this album like showed up under my like new music, and I just love this album. Oh, so she actually is on Frank Album's Ocean Blonde. <laughs> He says prank album so <laughs> That would be a cool one to do. Yeah, I've been really into like these like kind of like lo-fi R&B rap albums that have been coming out. 
like um it's a great vibe that like, was an awesome song i want to hear that whole album that's great. it's really good and the interludes are actually really interesting and like it's just like women telling like their stories it's interesting that like on wikipedia they call it an ep because it's like a it's a full out it's like 30 something minutes it's oh weird. I, I, I don't know why but uh it's it's awesome uh highly recommend so far my favorite album of 2021 <laughs> oh it just came out yeah hell yeah okay great so that, that, that's Love why it's been like what floor. i've been listening to because <laughs> it like really just came out <laughs> um, yeah that's great cool that's sweet it was a cool song yeah I, I like these like things that are like kind of like traditionally pretty but then still doing like weird experimental stuff in the background like mm. a lot different than what i was expecting because i thought you said jazz man sullivan like a scat man you know? like a tim and eric character <laughs> this is jazz man yes. sullivan <laughs> And he plays the banjo. <laughs> uh, Pleasantly surprised by what yeah, um, it actually was. A big recommend on this. Very different than uh, the Red Eye Requires Sex Bomb, which <laughs> I guess that's where I'm at, basically. The only person not having a mental breakdown today, Jazzman yep. Sullivan. <laughs> 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 he's scatting the banjo that he's playing oh, sick. <laughs> never had Jasmine a sad Sullivan thought moves. never had a sad thought I'm <laughs> never been sad never been sad life's so good it's never been bad <laughs> playing my banjo <laughs> all right well that was a fun one and it, it seemed extra long i don't know if you guys got that i'm not sure how long well, we've been going we started here late. That's true. We yeah. started late, and it's also been two hours and ten minutes since we started recording. Okay, so yeah. Um, now, I mean, I feel like I have been so like immersed in Smile, like so heavily in the past week, but I worry that I'm still gonna keep just like reading about it and listening to it more, even though the episode is done. I'm definitely gonna go back and listen to more of the sessions. Yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of re-listen value in that stuff for sure. Yeah. Joe, any last thoughts for you? Um, it was great. I'm so glad I listened to it. My uh garage band quit at some point, so that'll be fun. Uh oh, it's it when you share help. your screen. So that was a while ago. <laughs> oh that fuck. sucks. Yeah, I know because that happened to me as well. Oops. So well, oh, well we'll do after everything Dana did, we'll do one more episode on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Well, keep go back to recording, and then we'll um, uh, I'll I'll use the Zoom we have to, and I'll use the Garage Band that we can, like Batman, the hear the audio you deserve and the audio that you can. Okay, <laughs> but uh, I guess to make it, uh, I'll 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 do a a take we could use, but uh, yeah, no, I'm really glad I listened to it. Joe Blana, take two. <laughs> uh, yeah, if I could just get this fucking uh, didgeridoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh but uh, i was really i'm glad i listened to it and watched the movie that was a uh this was really cool data so yeah oh yeah, yeah. i'm glad you guys watched the movie too it does it does sort of put everything in context like a little easier it's a great movie yeah well i guess that's it for uh for smile right oh, yeah. do you know it, what yeah. you're gonna do next week alan do you want to yes with, like, 
let's talk about next episode. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Danny, you got a you got a part you want to add to it? So listening to Smile made me go through uh, Or by Skip Spence, which then made me even sadder. So then I ended up listening to The Hurting by Tears for Fears a bunch of times, which then made me even sadder. Uh, And then I decided, you know what? Uh, You know what we need to follow up Smile is some good old motivational music. So I figured next week we could cover No Time for Dreaming by Charles Bradley, which has a beautiful story behind it and is a wonderful album. And isn't from some from a strange man from the sixties or seventies. Love that, yeah. <laughs> I bet you said strange, <laughs> and like it felt like that was like you're like, ah, oh, should I not say white? <laughs> like, you just no, uh, it was because I couldn't remember the the order of that from should have to go into. So <laughs> it's not that I'm uh, racially insensitive; it's that I'm high and not great with sentence structure. And then after I said strange man in my head, I was like, I forgot to say white. And then I got called on it. And we're not cutting any of this out. Teacher. <laughs> Teacher Allen didn't point out what we were all thinking. <laughs> Listen, we had to cut a bunch of stuff out in the middle and we can't stop laughing. So just accept this as a hard cut and a goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> This has been brought to you by Dead and Mellow. Follow us on all your social media platforms and shop around at deadandmellow.com to see all of our stand-up, music, and podcast releases. Thank you, and God bless America. All right, see you later. Are we actually leaving or just ending?